the streets from automotive racing to personal growth recent events and debatable topics within the racing community and stories of personal life experiences Here we are for episode three already. I feel like we're just flying by in these episodes. Uh, Once again, I feel like I do say this all the time, but today we are joined by a very, very close friend of mine, uh, somebody I've known in the scene for quite a while, uh, the king of rap, if you would, and I'm not talking rap, R-A-P, but (laughs) W-R-A-P. Uh, Jacob Simpler of Simple Auto Styling. What's up, buddy? Yeah, what's up, what's up? Dude, it's awesome to have you down and awesome to catch up. That's another reason why I've been liking this is because, you know, having Samantha on and Justin on, everyone's so busy growing up and doing lifely things these days, you don't get to hang out like we used to. So it pretty much gives an excuse for everybody to come down and be able to hang out with each other and see each other. So Yeah, it's cool. It's like one of those situations where like you make the plan and then you just have to sit and talk for like an hour, hour and a half. It's like you are forced to catch up because you've got to do this thing. (laughs) I told you too. I was like, dude, you tell me a day and we're locking it in and that's where we're staying. So I'm glad you were able to make it down, dude. I'm super thankful you were able to take time out of your day to come down here and join me too. Dude, thank you for the stickers and the shirts. I freaking love them. I know we were talking about that design and you just got those done with your new logo. Yeah, for sure. So how did you find that guy? Where did you catch up from? You said he's over in the Edmund area? Yeah, yeah. He's in Edmond. Um, so it was one of the Drift Riot guys had posted on like the, the Oklahoma Drift page that they got this new t-shirt. Uh-huh. Um, and they posted a designer. I was like, oh shit, is this guy local? Yeah. And I click on him and he is. And Dude, yeah. it came out sick. I love yeah. the logo, dude. Dude, and it was first try. I just kind of told him, I was like, hey, this is our name. I want your style uh-huh. and i was like you know but like my personal style is a little bit darker i was like throw like a skeleton hand in there or uh-huh. something and yeah. he just like a couple days later dope, dude sent me two of them and i was like dude you, you nailed it and then you got the air fresheners and the stickers does he do those too or did you have to order those online uh no so he does the stickers uh-huh. he does um he's got his design business which is reagan stein and then he's got a um like a sticker and graphic business called Sticker Phantom. Uh-huh. So he made all my stickers, and then uh, the air fresheners were just from some Dude, website. that shit's dope. I like yeah. it. I'm excited. I'm super thankful for it. Thanks for bringing those down for yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll get into you and your uh, rapping career. I feel so weird saying that because people are going to think you're <laughs> fucking on the mic. But it's yeah, it's no. rapping cars. We are talking about rapping automotive vehicles. Um, but first, I want to start with you way, way back when, and obviously go back before you and I met and became friends. Um, but kind of, I'm guessing you grew up in the Oklahoma City area? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I mean, my dad was military, but uh-huh. we ended up here when I was, oh man, like 12 or 13. So where were you like before that. then? uh california cali so were you like born out of cali uh no man i was born in texas really and then moved to hawaii and then to washington and then california uh and then here when i was in like 
think I was going into like sixth grade. Dude, we so you were like young and flying around getting to see like pretty much a lot of the states and different parts of America. Yeah, but it was see? early on in life. I, don't, I <laughs> yeah, remember so like don't remember any weird things about certain places <laughs> and that's about it. Like, so where did you graduate high school from? Uh, Carl Albert in, Carl, in Midwest City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, dope, dude, Midwest, Midwest City kid over here. Yeah. Dude, how was it growing up in that area and especially going to high school over there? Is it like different kind of cultural and diversities or how do you grow up in that area yeah no so like the school district that i was in um my parents lived like technically in choctaw but Mm -hmm. it's like i'm outside of their school district so it's like middell school district it's like you get a lot of people that live i guess in choctaw in the middle of nowhere and then there's like it covers some areas that have money and Mm -hmm. some areas that don't have money so it's like there there was a a crazy like blend of people well and that's what i'm saying so for those that are listening and don't know uh, Midwest city, like you have, you're really up, like uppity size. And then you have like, your really low, 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 like poverty sides. Yeah. yeah so it is sure. like a huge clash. Like you could be five minutes on each side of town and you're in like a whole different world. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you just don't go North of 15th. Yeah. So did you get in the car scene when you were in high school or when did that take effect? Uh, yeah. I mean, my first car uh-huh. yeah i mean i liked the liked cars since before then it was uh well what grew you into it uh need for speed really <laughs> for real <laughs> so it started two. it started on the on the playstation or xbox yeah playstation really. 2 dude I, it's funny you say that because i remember growing up and playing midnight club yeah midnight club los angeles dude no. that was my shit dude. my buddy down the street had midnight club and then i had need for speed yeah, so yeah, we yeah. would like go to each other's houses and like bring the disc when like back when before like xbox one yeah all that you stuff, had the right? air download or yeah. the iCloud you yeah. gotta like download the game like no yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were racing around bricks with flames on them and it yeah. took, like you just put the disc in and then it the, grabbing the game's it there. grabbing it from uh, blockbuster yeah that or when was it netflix or redbox that used to send out games was it netflix when uh, they first started yeah I'm they used sure to do netflix. video games yeah they would send them in the mail yeah dude that shit's so wild i remember trading in and out of games and games and in the mail to fucking play them and yeah dude it yeah. was disc copy back when you could actually do that stuff man. <laughs> yeah. now it's like 500 gigabyte update yeah dude like, it's insane no. that's why <laughs> i went from an xbox to a playstation over to a computer and yeah. i just play console games on my computer now and i can play anything and everything that's on it so yeah man i've seen a lot of people go to pc i'm still i'm still you need to do xbox. it you need to do it dude, dude you would like a, it it's you, a rabbit hole it spend is too much money it does it never stops but so you got into that i mean growing up and playing those games were there a specific like car or genre vehicles that grabbed your attention was there a, a specific style that you liked playing in those games man uh to be honest i liked mustangs a lot when really? i was a kid yeah and then uh, it's crazy like i remember this specific situation like we were on a road trip when i was a kid uh-huh. and i literally i counted every single mustang that i saw and i was at like 117 or some crazy shit like that uh-huh. and i was like i don't like this anymore <laughs> yeah. like, i want something different yeah. and then it was like japanese stuff because that was like i don't know it had the style yeah it was like i don't know it was a little bit different you didn't see a whole lot of them back then yeah um yeah, and we just... we kind of talked with uh, Justin last time I was here, like the Japanese style and the imports being kind of like Legos. Like, dude, there's yeah. just anything and everything for them, especially back then. Like, the market was so huge. Um, but growing up into that scene, when did you get your first car, and what was it? Uh, it was when I was like right before I turned sixteen. I got a oh. I got an Eclipse. No, oh, dude, that's dope. I wanted one of those when I was growing up. It wasn't the good one. You didn't like it? <laughs> no, man. I I, uh, I had an 03, so uh-huh. it was like 
after the good body style oh came out yeah, yeah it was a different generation yeah it was a, a four-cylinder auto and yeah man, i thought it was cool <laughs> yeah, i put poor... like the fast and the furious front bumper on it and i had it lowered <laughs> yes. and like black wheels and black tail lights yes. and a sub in the trunk yes you know dude, dude, about we... as much as a 16 year old could dude, do we all had that phase <laughs> i had my volkswagen whenever yeah. i was in the same shit had a sub in the trunk fucking all decked out all the interior i could strip out was stripped out yeah carbon fiber hood that i bought off of facebook marketplace dude same <laughs> ordeal so were you going to meets and actively getting in the car scene whenever you had that car uh kinda i mean that was like the very beginning of me going to meets and stuff like that like mm-hmm. i started getting into it after i found out that i liked modifying stuff yeah. i was like oh man where do we go and i remember my first time going out to to 39th and i was like whoa yeah whole like, different this world is, this yeah. is literally like fast and the furious like yeah. all these cars meet up and then like yeah. cops roll in and dude, everyone dips out we were talking about the car wash on northwest expressway yeah, on you expressway. remember those ways yeah. dude <laughs> dude me and justin were talking about that and uh sam uh her episode and his episode they say it's like a completely revamped as like an automatic car wash now like it's what? not a pull-in anymore yeah it's one of those fucking and drive through like automated car washes yeah probably because he got tired of us going <laughs> <Yeah>. out there. <laughs> but dude i agree with you back then was nuts because it literally was like fast and furious but literally yeah. in person and it wasn't even like crazy exotics or high horsepower cars but you had anything and everything all different taste and yeah no dude it was like normal stuff like yeah. civics you yeah. know eclipses miatas stuff yeah. like that evos like, subarus yeah dude back hondas when, back when evos were affordable hey, kind of bro no <laughs> shit tell me about that i've been uh i'm on like utah evo and colorado evo and uh-huh. shit like that dude like uh, they're pushing power i'll give them that but like six to seven hundred horsepower evo is going for like thirty five thousand dollars dude yeah makes me want to keep mine it is absolutely insane yeah dude it's it's wild eights went way up in price it seems yeah. like they've come down yeah um i was looking for one not too long ago like kind, kind of loosely and i was like oh man i found like an 800 horsepower one for like 25 grand and i checked yeah. like a few months later and they're going for like 50 like dude. you guys are wild yeah yeah <laughs> it's just, just they can do it now it's yeah. just a sticker price so you had the eclipse um you started rolling around obviously uh learning about 39th and some of the car scene what was your first car that you actually started getting serious in, and and uh, kind of what you what you started perfecting I had a miata it was the miata was <laughs> yeah. that did i meet you with that or was that a different one uh the silver one I, i've only owned one i want to uh, buy another one uh-huh. but uh yeah i've only had that one uh that one i bought like right after high school that was my first car that like i bought yeah um i don't know man i wanted a 240 Uh (laughs) but i was like i I want a manual transmission and pop-up headlights like that that, those were my qualifications so it's like the pop-ups yeah Yeah. it was like s13 mr2 and miata and i just happened to find a miata the quickest so that's what i rolled with And, and then how long did you have that for oh man i had that car for i think like three or so years uh-huh. that was one of the longer ones yeah. that i kept yeah did you just do all the all the you know stuff to it like the the coilovers and wheels or what direction did you take it in yeah no that was that was my like introduction to like real stance stuff yeah um so i mean i had it on like megan racing coilovers because i like didn't want to go yeah. super cheap but like i was like 18 and yeah i couldn't afford you anything can't i was making like the crazy eight, 850 setups. an hour yeah, or something dude. like that yeah um yeah do you just like like 15 by 8 plus zero wheels <laughs> way too wide for the car yes. uh just maxed out the coils yeah. know, took a couple collars out so do you feel like you like the stance scene more than you kind of like the street race stuff 
Because uh, I know it's two different cultures, and you've been in both since I've known you. So Yeah, for sure. I've always kind of, like, straddled the line. Yeah. Like, I never really had anything super fast, but, uh-huh. like, quick enough to, like, where I could go out and have fun with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think the stance scene, honestly, like, it's it's not as toxic as the fast car scene. Dude, I agree. 100%. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good at all. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think I prefer the stance stuff. Dude, there's just more style. a lot more relaxed. Yeah. That, and it's chill in the parking lot. People not threatening to beat each other's asses over dumb shit. Yeah. I dude, mean, that's why I want to get out of the bike scene sometimes. I'm just like, dude, this is, we, we are not getting a pension or retirement for this shit. Y'all need to chill yeah. out. Like, <laughs> we are literally a bunch of dudes racing up and down a highway, sitting in a parking lot. Calm yeah. the fuck down. Well, I feel like all you motorcycle people are kind of insane to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Going, like, almost 200 miles an hour yeah. on two wheels. Yeah. Like, that's that's horrifying. It's, you got to be kind of crazy probably like a mental click somewhere or like a passion for adrenaline that or stupidity maybe a little bit of both but my thing on it is uh adrenaline dude it's just in that moment like you're just focused on going straight nothing else matters like everything else is blocked out and i think that's why i like it so much yeah no for sure i mean if you concentrate on anything else like yeah you might die yeah exactly (laughs) that's true too um so you and i both lived in oklahoma and we didn't really know each other at the time I moved to Colorado, and then later on, like, probably half a year to a year later, you moved to Colorado. Yeah. And that's when we officially met. I think we posted up, or you posted up on Facebook, you were moving in, and I was like, dude, hit me up. Um, you came down and grabbed me one day out of Colorado Springs, because yeah. you were up there in Castle Rock, and dude, we clicked, and just were fucking hoonigans together yeah. from then on. You had, what was it a 18 or a 15 WRX? The blue one. Uh, it was a. I had bought a sixteen after I started yeah. working at Subaru. Yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. You had the the WRX up there, and I not yet, but was getting into getting the Evo. I think I got the Evo a little yeah. bit after you came up. But um, dude, we clicked like instantly. I remember we were hanging out constantly. I was coming up to Castle Rock to try to stay with you guys yeah. as much as I could. Like, dude, we would go up to. Uh, nationwide you yeah the, the nationwide, nationwide meets, meets. Yeah. dude those things are insane they're still doing that shit up there yeah no it, it's wild it's it's completely different up there too because mm-hmm. it's like i remember in in the your justin lyons episode like he was ta- you guys were talking about like how they posted on facebook and instagram and all that mm-hmm. like where the meat spot is like they did it similar up there but it's like you know, you would know Sunday night at what was it like seven o'clock Dude, or something like, like that. It was like respectable up there. Yeah, like, they would I like, think it was more structured and more organized. Yeah, they would like post the address at like seven. Yeah, maybe somewhere yeah. different, and then take it down later that night. Dude, I remember that. Yeah. I remember you and us like planning on hanging out, and I, dude, we would just chill at your house until the spot got posted up. We didn't know where yeah. the fuck to go. Um, but for those that don't know, so nationwide up in Colorado is kind of like. I don't know to call them an organization or like a club or like a, a I don't know they're a car page but they yeah. basically run like meets all together all around Colorado and so like six to seven o'clock at night on a Sunday night would pop up and they will basically release an address and tell you where to meet up where to go and what time to be there and you would get there and for you and me it was that fucking parking lot that park and ride off of the highway next to Bandamere. Yeah. 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 That one we was would, pretty cool. We would go up there and dude, it's a huge ass park and ride parking lot. And people would set up, you remember the vendor tents? People would set up t-shirts, stickers, the dude who grilled the burgers. Uh, milk and cookies. Milk and cookies, <laughs> dude. I can't believe you remember that. I was just There's talking no to, uh, to someone about that the other Bro, day. Oh, it's so funny. I have, uh, I have ham, hamburger, 
and Swiss cheese in yeah. my fridge, and I made one the other night. And every time I make it now, I call it milk and cookies. Yeah, dude, that <laughs> oh my god, I can't remember. I can't believe you remember that, Jacob. But yeah, you would go up there, and it's like I don't want to say illegal because nothing illegal was going on, but it wasn't like a permitted sanctioned event. No, but dude, I mean it was it was a meet, but it was like more well organized than like a lot of Oklahoma shows. Yeah, absolutely. It's dude, it it's a different crazy. world up there. But yeah, we meet up in the stand parking lot and dude, hundreds of cars. Yeah. Hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of cars. And then so we would get up there and everyone would post up. They would call everybody in a circle and then they would tell you where the next spot was and dude, it would be across the damn city. Like Yeah, no, for sure. And they would like tell you directions. They're like, "Okay, you know, take the loop 30 miles yep. east." And you're going to get off here. Yep. And then it's like, you know, they weeded people out almost. Yeah. You'd go to like three different spots and then like you finally were out racing at yeah. like 1 a.m. on a Sunday. Dude, I just remember going through Denver and being like hundreds of imports on the highway, dude. Yeah. Like even was, if the wild. cops did want to do anything, like I'm not exaggerating when I say like hundreds of cars on the highway just yeah. going up and down and zooming. And dude, there'd be anything from like... Uh, your, you know, your single cab C10s with like supercharged or turbo setups to like a EK Honda Civic hatchback with a fat turbo fucking screeching tires trying to catch traction. But yeah, dude, I remember you and I used to ride together. I rode in your Subi for the longest time before I got my Evo. And dude, that was our shit. Every Saturday and Sunday, we would go out to those and go have some fun. Um, it's unfortunate. I was talking to Sam about this, uh, last episode, but dude, the Bandamere is closing down. What? This is the last official season of Bandamere. Why? I don't know. I don't know if it's because uh, neighborhoods are building uh, close nearby. I don't know if somebody bought them out. Um, but this is the last official season. They're shutting the doors after this. Man, that sucks. Dude, that track was so awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Because you're like right on the side of a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It, it's crazy. I mean, like, I don't know. Living in Oklahoma for so long and then going up to Colorado. Like, Oklahoma's yeah. flat, dude. And yeah, it's like, dude. There's yeah. a racetrack on the side of a mountain? Like, yeah. that just doesn't sound real to someone from Oklahoma. So how was that <laughs> culture shock for you going from, you know, the Oklahoma car scene to the Colorado car scene and some of the events we went to? What do you remember from uh, moving up there and seeing? I mean, it, just the amount of cars and, like, yeah. the quality of builds. Like, not talking down on Oklahoma no, or anything, not at but all. we're just so small yeah. in the scheme of things, like, compared to people and or, like, the amount of people in Colorado. Yeah. Um, like, I, I just, I saw, like, quality of builds that i had never seen before yeah. like i mean it just wasn't uncommon to see like 10 gtrs rolling around together yeah, yeah. like that, Dude, that, that seemed to be uh, the thing that's another thing the all-wheel drive scene up there is absolutely yeah. insane like for our mustangs and corvettes down here is their subaru's subarus and evos up there yeah for like sure. you didn't have mustang performance shops up there or c10 or no, corvette no, ls shops up there dude it was all like all either subi or evo yeah, yeah. And they would be building 600 to 1000 horsepower evos and subarus up in the mountains yeah dude absolutely insane you remember the uh Subaru club that we used to go on on the cruises and shit like that. Yeah, dude, it, it's wild. Like you just, I don't know. World Rally Blue is popular, but uh, yeah. it, it, it's different in Oklahoma <laughs> yeah, yeah. or in, in Colorado. It's different, dude. So I kind of want to talk to you about something. And this is something crazy, but I think about it from time to time. Do you remember when you lived in that apartment complex up there, and I came up and I stayed the night with you one night? Oh, hang on, my thing's going off. Do you remember? When I came up and your neighbors threw that party 
and they Yo. wanted us to come over and hang out and we were like no we're like going to bed for the night like it was awesome meeting you guys and hanging out and then the next morning the cops pounding on the door at yes. like four or five a.m and i don't remember if i opened the door or if you opened the door but basically one of the dudes from the party had ended up committing suicide in his car right outside of our apartment. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. Like I laughed, but it's crazy. It's it's like almost like a traumatic experience. I have no idea who it was. Yeah. Yeah, Like obviously he was in a bad place or like they said drugs. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, that was dude. That was I just, wild. Yeah, I just remember them wanting us to come over and like come hang out, and like the neighbors were good people, but I didn't know all their friends over there. And yeah, dude, yeah. then it was like a whole ass crime scene outside the doorway. That was that was pretty wild. That was not a good introduction, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I just I just wanted to bring that up. I know it's like random, but I think about it from time to time. I was wondering if Jacob remembered that. So yeah, no, that's not one of the things that you forget. <laughs> um, so you you moving up to Colorado, uh, you worked in the automotive industry as a service writer, right? Uh, I, I did sales. At sales? Yeah. Sales. So how did you like it kind of going into sales? And was that something growing up that you wanted to get into? Or was it just something that you felt good at? Or No, no, not at all. I mean, uh-huh. I was I was like a mid-tier salesperson. Like, <laughs> there was nothing special about me. Yeah. I just, like I had started at Chevy here selling uh-huh. cars and just cause like a buddy of mine did the same thing and moved up to Colorado and like, you don't need anything to get a sales job. You just walk in and you walk you know, in and hey, ask I to can, sign up. Yeah. I can show up and they're like, cool. Yeah. You're hired. Here's some khakis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah here's your, here's your polo. Yeah. Don't forget your khakis and your polo on Monday. <laughs> Dude, cause I do remember vaguely you working up there at that Subaru. Um, and then I had gotten the Evo. I got a job rolling and moving, uh, back down here. And then you had stayed up there for a little bit, and then shortly after came back here to Oklahoma. And I yeah. remember you worked at a dealership over on the east side again, right? Um, I was, yeah, I was at uh, Nissan whenever I moved yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, and then so did you still have the uh, Subaru at that time? Yeah, so I kept the Subaru for, I think, like three years or uh-huh. so. And talk about your build experience over that time, because I remember you had, like, wheels. You had stanced it out pretty well. Like, you had yeah. uh, a full-on tune. Who did all that, and kind of where did you start, and what all did you put on it? Uh, Man, like, as far as all the installs and stuff, I did all of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I was I was spending all my money on parts. I yeah. couldn't afford to have anyone else do it. Yeah. Um, But, no, I went, like, as far as parts, I went through, actually, a Colorado-based company called Edge Auto Sport. Uh-huh. Um, I had ended up becoming friends with a guy named Alan that worked up there and uh he did the tune on it. He they did like a partial sponsorship on the car so they gave me like a slight discount on stuff and yeah. I bought all my parts through them. Uh so it was like full bolt on E sixty, E forty, I don't remember. It was like one of the ethanol blends and yeah. Uh, yeah, some three piece CCWs. And Dude, that car was some bride fun. Seats and Dude, that car was fun. The bride seats were super nice. I remember you getting those. Yeah, they just sat way too low. So, did you <laughs> like the all wheel drive platform? Like, was uh, that a favorite of yours? Yeah, for sure. I mean, now, dude, I, I've owned a bunch of all wheel drive stuff. That's that's my favorite. It's I don't know. It's just easy. You don't ever have yeah. to worry about you know. I oh, I got to get a drag pack or like yeah. You know, I got crazy torque steer. Yeah. Like, 
you know, you just don't have to make the same amount of power. You know, it's going to hook every time. Dude, and you it's have just, fun with like fun. anything, dude. Yeah. I miss it. That's one thing I miss about the Evo is that all wheel drive power is just so worth it. Yeah. That, it's and easy. like you were saying, it's cheap. Like you don't have to drop a lot of money to make four yeah. or 500, 600 horse and then go out there and play with 800 horsepower Corvettes. So yeah, for sure. You make like 350, 400 in an all wheel drive car and that thing's, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Especially as a daily, it's yeah. a fun daily car. Yeah, um, for sure. So you move back down here and you had that for a while. Um, what did you kind of get after that? Cause I remember you sold that. Did you get the skyline next? Yeah, yeah. So I parted out that car and then sold it to actually the dealership that I was working at at the uh, time. Uh-huh. Uh, and then yeah, I got I got my GTR after what, that. What was the process of getting that? Like, did you know that it's something you wanted, or did you like do head hunting? Did it pop up on Facebook and it was just a lucky grab? Or no, I I had wanted one for a while and talked about it for like a year, uh-huh. and then I just finally got to the position where like. I had enough money to buy a daily driver. Yeah. So I got my daily and got that all sorted, made sure it was reliable. And then, yeah, just kind of parted out the Subaru one day. And uh, dude, I bought the GTR all over Facebook. It was kind of weird. Was it? Yeah. What was the process? Um, I mean, I, I went through a company called Right Hand Drive Specialties. Uh-huh. And I literally, like, I just messaged them about the car. And Are they, they a, like me, an importer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're an importer. They're based... Originally out of Washington, and now Carlos, the owner, actually opened up another right-hand drive specialties in Arizona where he lives. Uh-huh. Uh, me and my wife went there like last winter and hung out with him a lot. Uh-huh. He's he's a cool guy. And that's um, all he does is just imports cars? Yeah, dude. Dream really? job. No yeah. shit. He's got a bunch of wild stuff in his uh, yeah, house, too. I believe it. Um yeah, it, it cracks I, me up because the R34s just became legal, and right when they're legal, everyone's like, hey, got this for sale, got this for sale, got this for sale. I'm like, hmm, this is real fucking crazy, guys. Like, yeah. it's been a day since these have been legal, and uh, there's sure a lot of them popping up for sale right about now. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know. They're Like, GTRs are pulling, like, two $250,000. At least that's what I see Bro, them posted yes. for. There was a white one for 350000 the other day on Facebook. Brother, I'd buy so many other <laughs> things first. Yeah. I promise. like A house. <laughs> yeah. No, coming from someone that's owned a GTR, yeah. like, the nostalgia wears off. So so you bought it like completely stock, right? It was OEM when you first got it. Yeah, for the most part. I yeah. mean, it had... Uh, hey, I guess it was... Pretty much stock. It was stock yeah. when you first got it. I remember you first posted a picture. It had stock wheels, stock suspension, stock everything. Yeah. So kind of for those who don't know, talk about like your building process and what you went through on that. Because obviously, dude, you stance it. It was a clean <laughs> stance build, dude. One of my favorites. And that's yeah. one thing I always liked about you. Like, dude, no matter what you had, whether it was a Miata to a Skyline, like you always did it right. And it was always cleanly built. Thank you. I like, appreciate Dude, that. it wasn't too much. It wasn't too less. It wasn't like super fucking crazy like cringy like dude it's always been perfect to the t thank you yeah i try to i don't know simple and clean is like something i go for but like i like to throw in a couple little extra things like i don't like over the top like crazy done i like stuff that like you almost have to look at for a little bit like oh wow look at you know look at that like whenever i did seats in it yeah like i tried to pick something that looked a little bit like the factory seat but was definitely aftermarket uh-huh. um and i didn't throw any crazy colors on it i think i ended up i wrapped it like a crazy color shift color at one point and mm-hmm. then ripped it off and just went blue that's like, what i remember is blue. the blue what did you wrap it uh well it was so i whenever i bought it i actually had it painted midnight purple too uh-huh um, i don't think i remember that i just remember the blue or yeah i think it was midnight purple too i don't uh-huh. know it was just the purple one it wasn't yeah. the color shifty one yeah um 
And then I had wrapped it like a, a crazy color shift color, and it was like that for like six months. It uh, was too much. Was it the orange? Um, no, it was like a it blue, was, purple, orange. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the orange is why I didn't like it. Really? Honestly. And I still don't like color shifts like to this day. <laughs> Wrapping cars, I, I still don't like color shifts. Like from I'm specific bring my companies. bike to you and have you wrap it color shift. Dude, the whole sides light up gold and orange, and I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> so were you wrapping? Because I, I don't remember you opening the business when you had the Skyline. Did you already open the business when you had the Skyline? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So I... I remember man. I remember you fucking with it sometimes in Colorado. Like you did it kind of small town and you were just doing like simple stuff. Yeah, no, I did like little things. I've always been kind of interested in it. Uh-huh. And then it's like I did like my roof. And yeah. then a buddy of mine hit me up and was like, hey, can you do my roof? I'm like, sure, you yeah. know, buy the vinyl, bring it over and yeah. and we'll do it. And then... You know, he was like, I think I want to wrap my whole car. Uh-huh. And me having, like, all the, the blind confidence in the world, I was like, well, hell it. yeah, brother, I yeah. can do that. Yeah, let's <laughs> do it. So was that your first, like, head-on actual project? Yeah. Um. So I, I ended up telling him, I'm like, dude, you know, like, this seems really cool, like, but let me try my own car first. Yeah. Uh. So I wrapped my daily at the time. I had a G35, Um. And I wrapped that and I was like, well, this turned out halfway decent. Uh-huh. So I wrapped his and then it's like from there, I just had people hitting me up like, hey, can you wrap this chrome? Can you wrap my roof? And then it's like, I started getting like actual clients, like people yeah. that I didn't know. And yeah. I was like, whoa, dude, this did is you, wild. Did you expect it to take off like that when you were just doing it for your cars, just for BSing? No, it was it was an accident, uh-huh. honestly. And what kind of like trial and error did you go through, like oh, doing your car first off? Like, were you getting frustrated? Were you like, this is fucking pain in the ass? Did yeah. you enjoy it? Like, what um, was the, the thought process and kind of the process of doing yours? Do you, uh, blind optimism uh, yeah man. yeah it was like I, I would i would struggle through certain stuff uh-huh. it would take me like i think my rear bumper i took a day off of work to finish my car yeah uh my rear bumper took me like eight hours and uh-huh. something like that now it take me 45 minutes tops so i mean like go into detail how do you even a rear bumper how do you start like do you have to stretch the material to make sure you're covering the amount of the bumper do you like how do you even know how much of a roll that you need to buy or use up because when you are heating it and doing that curvature are you ever short of material on accident uh generally no um i mean now that like we've got our actual shop and like uh-huh. i've got a couple guys working with me like we we've got processes down that like yeah. we pre-measure every car we write it all down on a you know i've got like a like a packet basically a paperwork yeah. like pre-inspections yeah. post-inspections measurements all that yeah um so we we measure out all the panels first and then we pre-cut them and i order a full roll uh which is like 75 feet and it's uh-huh. generally enough enough to do anything with yeah. extra yeah um but no, I mean, you're just going to peel the backing, pull it a little bit. <laughs> dude, down, you're you know being so humble about it, dude. <laughs> so I know it's a way crazier process than that. Yeah. It, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's a learning curve. I think yeah. anyone can do it. The hard part is making it last for a long time. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like the one thing I would struggle with or worry about is like heating and trying to stretch the material over an object. Because I know if you add too much heat, you fuck it up. If you don't add enough heat, you fuck it up. And it's like you have to heat it while you're doing curvature in order to put it onto a surface. Yeah. No. And that, that used to really like 
kind of scare me too because everyone's like, oh, keep it under 10%, keep it under 10% stretch. Like, yeah. And then I finally ended up going to um, some Avery Dennison training. Um, the classes down in Dallas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. was super cool. I got to learn from Justin Pate. Uh-huh. Um, he's like one of the leading rap trainers, and uh-huh. I took their certification and all that. That's and badass. Like, he had talked about, you know, the 10% stretch rule and all that stuff, and he broke it down like Barney style. He yeah. was like, dude if the material still looks good, yeah. it's under 10%. Yeah. He was like, don't trip about like the number. Yeah. But like, you know, you'll know if you overstretch it, you stretch it and it turns glossy and it was supposed to be a matte film. Like, yeah, that's over 10%. So <laughs> how long were you doing it for in your garage? A uh, year and a half. Really? So yeah. I, cause I remember rolling up to your house and you talking about having clients. I remember you wrapped that. Uh, what was it that you wrapped all pink? Uh, a Fiat 500. <laughs> yes, dude. I remember coming over and the Fiat was there. And that thing still and rolls some, around in Edmond. Dude, dude some <laughs> random girl just wanted her Fiat completely pink and hit yeah. you up to do it. No, it was, uh, it was a buddy of mine that had worked at the Fiat dealer. Uh-huh. And he was like, hey, this lady said that she'll buy this car, but it has to be pink. Like, can you wrap it? I'm like, yeah, dude. Dude, that's I crazy. I can do that. That's crazy. Um, Yeah, that was my first experience. Like, you know, like, I mean, that was huge for me. Like, yeah, it wasn't that was like someone an in the actual car commercial job that I yeah. knew. Yeah, yeah, it was like a dealership hit me up yeah. to wrap this car for one of their customers. I was Dude, like, and back Man, then, I'm official. back then when <laughs> when you started doing it, rap was still new to the industry. It wasn't as popular as it is now. Like when yeah, you had gotten no. into it, it was still like the whole rap versus paint battle. Like everybody yeah, was trying to be sure. argumentative on why rap wasn't better than paint and why paint was a better route. Now yeah. you see anybody and everybody wrapping their car. Um, but I remember when you first got started into it, dude, it was still fresh to the industry and yeah. a lot of people didn't know about it. Yeah, so for sure. what was the process I'm going through and kind of doing your first commercial job? Um, I mean, it, I don't know. It, looking back on it now, man, uh-huh. like if I was her, I wouldn't have dropped my car off. Like, <laughs> really? yeah, dude, I lived in like, it wasn't a bad neighborhood, but like yeah. it wasn't a good neighborhood either. Yeah, and it's yeah. like this lady just bought this car and she was just going to drop it off with some random dude at his house uh, and like garage trust me to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where like me having so many years in sales kind of came into yeah. play. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I'm able to, to create like, um, rapport. Yeah. Really quickly yeah. Like with you people. have a really good professionalism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of have to, like I'm all tattooed and young and shit, <laughs> <laughs> like doing dumb car stuff. And then like a lot of my clientele now is like, you know, 40, 50 year old people. And yeah. it's like with high end vehicles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not uncommon for us to have half a million worth dollars worth of cars in our yeah. shop at a time. So it's like, I almost have to go above and beyond to make sure that I'm like extra professional and yeah. build the rapport. Cause I've got, you know, these people are paying, 3500 4000 I mean like I, I ran a ticket for like six grand yeah last month and yeah. like I've got like 10 minutes with these people before they give me money to like build that trust with them yeah yeah um so I gotta try extra hard yeah <laughs> so going from your garage into your first shop when did you was it what kind of process and then were you worried about you know forming the LLC and becoming an actual business and shit I'm gonna have to get employees what was that that thought process like um, I'm, I mean, I knew that I wanted to do it after I'd started getting into it. Yeah. Um, but honestly, man, it was, it was COVID yeah. that like pushed me to actually do it. Cause uh-huh. I was, I was working at BMW at the time and they had us, um, we were still working during COVID when everything else like non-essential or whatever, yeah. uh, shut down. Yeah. Um, you never stopped selling cars, dude. 
No, no. I'm and, sure they told you that. Uh, at that time, dude, I was I was just working in parts. Yeah. Um, I got out of sales and went into parts whenever I came back from Colorado, I guess. Yeah. Um, much more job security. Dude, and a lot less stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Like eight to five. Dude, Monday I will through Friday, never work easy. a commercial job ever. Yeah. If you're thinking of hiring me for anything commercial, do not call me. <laughs> so was it like getting enough into your home garage where you like, shit, I need more space? Yeah, for sure. So uh, back to the BMW thing, like they, they had us working one week on, one week off during COVID because they uh. cut the staff in half. So my week off, I was... Um, I was wrapping cars and I was like, man, I'm making more money and having a whole lot more fun on my week off. Yeah. Like, so it was, it was just one of those things where it, like, it didn't quite make sense to stay. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't have a crazy amount of bills or anything. I don't have a super high car payment. Yeah. Like, so I just kind of, I put in my two weeks. I was like, Hey, you guys know I've been doing this on the side. I think yeah. I'm just going to take it full time. Did it start getting to the point where you were making more money and just doing the wrapping and you felt like you were more secure doing that than actually going to a nine to five? Yeah, absolutely. So like before I left, I'd booked out like two months worth of work, which granted, well, no I mean, shit. that was like, you know, working a week on at BMW yeah. a week off. So it was yeah. really like a month's worth of work. Yeah. Um, and at that point I was like, man, I, I've got enough work. Like, I've got money for the next month. Yeah. Like, that's enough security for me, so... To dip the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... You I go talk... past the salesman you didn't like and be like, fuck you, Todd. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> 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 no, so, like, me and my wife talked it over and just... I quit my job. She were you, were you with to... her at the time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, because you were with her whenever you guys had the uh, house with the garage that you were working out of. Yeah. I hadn't met her yet, but I remember that's when you guys had moved in together. Okay, I'm tracking yeah, on the yeah. timeline now. Yeah. yeah, no, the so, timeline's all, all crazy dude, what we've been yeah, talking about. It makes sense in my head, Yeah, because <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't fucking talked in so long, so I'm having to catch up on everything. Yeah. Um. So... Did you like have a sit down conversation like with her? Is like, hey, I think I'm gonna go for this. Like, I think it's time. Yeah, no, I mean, it, and it was it was all support from her too. Uh -huh. Like, I mean, and it it was rough for the year and a half leading up to that because it's like yeah. I'd work fifty hours a week at BMW and come home and work forty hours a week there too. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, I think a lot of it for her was like, you should have done this before. Like, now we're gonna have you know, mm -hmm. like you're gonna do what you want to do and you don't have to work. 90 hours a week like we're gonna actually have our time because yeah. there was times where like i'd be in the garage till 2 a.m yeah and, and not seeing her yeah, yeah. It, it sucks yeah. um but i mean it was i guess it was part of it and it, i bet now especially you know having your clientele and your employees i mean it's it evens out it gets there yeah but yeah, i'm sure, sure at the beginning dude it's got to be stressful and a, a mentally draining yeah so yeah, you, it was, it was rough. You, you moved into your first building and I mean, how did it feel going from telling people to drop off cars at your house to, Hey, don't go to my house anymore. Here's our shop address. Yeah, dude, that, you that feel was pretty wild. Pimpin', dude. Yeah. I was like, we made it. <laughs> 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 I had a shop on the, the shitty part of town. Yeah. It was I 40 and Meridian yeah, for, yeah. for all the Oklahoma people. Like, yeah. You know, that's a, that's a rough area. If you, if you go up and down Meridian, you'll see a couple of crackheads. I'll probably give you a little bit of sloppy toppy for a 7-Eleven sandwich. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's it's rough over there. I mean, under the bridges, like, it wouldn't be uncommon to see yeah. people doing crack or meth yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Their drug of choice. That and it cracks me up because right on the north side is that old-ass, like, sex store that's been there for ages, like, yeah. years and years. Yeah. Dude, no, it's such a, such a weird, sketchy, characteristic part of town, dude. Yeah, it's... 
it's not good over there. They built a a Seven Eleven down from where your shop used to be, a brand new Seven Eleven. And I went there to go fill up the other day, and dude, there's a guy just fucking slinging around dancing, dude, just like completely cracked the fuck out, just having the time of his life. Yeah, super common for that side of town. Insane. But I mean, your shop was really nice. Like you had a good amount of space. You had a really good, even though you were on that part of town, you were tucked down the street. Like yeah, it wasn't yeah. right off the main street of Meridian. No, we so, never had issues over yeah, there. Yeah. Um, honestly, like it was, we, I had cameras up and everything, but like we never actually had any issues. Yeah. I kept everything locked. Like I didn't do a whole lot of advertising on the building. Like it was just a sticker on the front door. Yeah. Like just so you know, you're walking into the right door. Cause yeah. like, I don't want people to know, Hey, we have cars in here. Especially the, the cars that you started bringing in. And that's kind of yeah. next what I want to talk about. So how did it go from going to like your everyday kind of simple daily driver to like, dude, you started getting to work on fun projects and bringing yeah, people's sure. ideas actually to life. Yeah. Um, man, it, I don't know. It's like, Getting the shop was like, I feel like I was able to capture a higher end clientele there. Yeah, yeah. Because it feels a lot more professional, I'm sure. Yeah, for like sure. Like telling people to roll up to your actual business instead of your house. I'm sure you yeah. felt more comfortable as well. So Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that that honestly was a lot of it. And I, I think some of it too is just natural progression. Yeah. Like you start doing so much stuff. I mean, you, you end up capturing the people that do have the disposable income, you know, the middle-aged people that just bought a brand new navigator or something like that, or a brand new Raptor, like they've got a little bit of money to spend and they don't want to drive the same thing as everyone else. And I I think it was just kind of like almost natural. They're like Googling, you know, rap shops near me Mm -hmm. or whatever. And then we just happen to pop up. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like that's where... When you first started, that's kind of how you got a lot of clientele or where did you feel like it started becoming more word of mouth and back to back clientele versus just over the internet or over Facebook? Uh, well, I, you know, I feel like it's almost been the opposite. It was like at first it was just word of mouth and it still is to a certain extent. Um, now we do get a lot more, hey, I Googled you guys and you guys have great reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the shop that I want to go with. Yeah. So like starting out, it was like, Hey, you know, you wrapped this guy's car and that's my buddy. And he told yeah. me to come to you. Yeah. Um, now it's like, like I said, it, it's still, that's a good portion of our business is repeat and referral. But a lot of it is now like I found you guys on Google or I saw your post get shared or uh-huh. something like that. So what was the process of going through and starting the LLC and actually moving into the shop? Um, I mean, as far as starting the LLC, man, I just did it on LegalZoom. Super, it's, super simple. Yeah, yeah, it's like three, four hundred bucks, and they yeah. can do all the paperwork for you. You just yeah. poke in what you want the name to be and give them your card number, and yeah. and it's super easy. Um, moving into the shop was was scary, but I went into it like half and half with a buddy of mine. Yeah. Um, he's doing fucking awesome now. It's yeah. Gabe Ellingson. He still works with you, right? Uh, no, man. So we we split uh, the shops uh-huh. whenever we moved out of that place. Uh-huh. We got a super short lease. Like uh-huh. it was supposed to only be like two years, and then they're like, "Hey, we want everyone's lease to renew at the same time. Uh, so, do you want to move out after a year and a half or two and a half years?" And we're like, a "Year and a half. Yeah. We're already outgrown." Yeah, um, dude, he went off and he's got his own like real estate brokerage or whatever they no call shit. it. And really. Yeah, yeah, it's AIM Real Estate. He's yeah. got a bunch of people working for him now. He's doing awesome. That's insane. Yeah, and then we moved up to Edmond, and mm-hmm. our shop is, is doing pretty well. Do you We're, like it better up there in the Edmond area? Oh, dude, it's awesome. That's dude. where all of our clientele is. Yeah. We, we yeah. don't 
I don't know. I'd say like 95% of the stuff we do is Edmund. Well, I feel like it, it also brings, you know, living up there, it brings a lot more high-end clientele when it yeah, comes to cars absolutely. and things you get to work on. So you go from working on, you know, a OEM Fiat to now, dude, I see you're working on Range Rovers and you're wrapping like Audis and yeah, you did that sure. Lamborghini not too long ago, didn't you? Yeah. That purple one. one. Dude, is that not dope? You have to absolutely love the shit out of that, dude. Yeah. No, I, we love working on stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Do you ever get out of bed in the morning and you're like, fuck my life, dude. I gotta go wrap a Lamborghini today. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's when we get the boring cars and yeah. boring colors. And I'm like, man, yeah. I gotta make another car satin black. <laughs> yeah. It always looks good when we're done. But yeah. like, I want to do pink. I want to do purple. Yeah. I want to yeah. do blue. I want to do bright. Like, yeah. I love it when we get projects like that. Like that, that specific client, uh, that was the third, third or fourth car that we had done for him. And, mm-hmm. um, it's crazy because like his first rap was satin dark gray on like <laughs> a 911 and it's like we got to see his progression as well because it's yeah. like he had this 911 and i'm not a real big porsche guy but it wasn't like anything super fancy yeah and then he got like a second gen r8 and we did that in like a color shift it was like a darker color and then he sold his r8 and bought a lamborghini uh-huh. and i was like yo i want to do pink and he decided <laughs> to go all out stupid on it yeah so, dude, and, you know, going through of that and, you know, starting to work on more of those high-end cars, talk about some of the projects you've gotten done. Like, what are your favorites, whether it's high-end or low-end? What are some things that you either felt like challenged you or helped you grow that or you felt like you really loved being a part of? Um, I mean, anything that's like, I don't know, like the, the Lamborghini is probably one of my favorites. Dude, that thing was baller. Like, yeah, you drive around a Lamborghini and that gets attention, but you make your Lamborghini pink. Yeah. Like, brother, that's a whole other level, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Now you're really getting a lot of attention. Yeah, no, and we've done some wild stuff, like, um, projects where we've worked with, like, other shops on. Like, mm-hmm. we have, we've got another repeat client that he's got a real big Mercedes guy, and he's got, like, an AMG GTS that, like, mm-hmm. basically he dropped off and was like, hey, here's this full carbon fiber wide body for it. And, like, we sent it out to a body shop, body shop put it on, we got it back, we wrapped it, and, like, I don't know. Stuff like that's crazy. Like this dude yeah. spent more money on his body kit than like yeah. most of my Anything cars else have been he, worth. Yeah. yeah. And dude, you got to sit down and be a part of that and partake in the building process, which yeah. has to be a lot of fun too. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's cool being able to like, people can come to us and they're like, yo, I've got this car and you know, I kind of want to do something crazy on it. Like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, what do you think is kind of like a loaded question for me? Cause like, if it was my choice, like everything would be, purple or pink you know something (laughs) dumb uh but like i'm able to help these people like make what they want like find their style yeah for sure it's it's super cool like someone can come in and tell me like oh i really like the matte colors but Mm -hmm. like i don't want it to be super flashy i'm like oh cool like look at this brand in this book and like there's these colors like it's matte but it's like the color is normal so it's like you're not going to stick out too much yeah um, and then I get, like I said, other people, like we've got, uh, a client where him and his wife both wrap their Cadillacs in like highlighter Bright. yellow. Yeah. Yes, dude. I've yeah. seen those a few times. And every time I see him, I'm like, dude, I know who did that job. Yeah. I He's like, guy. I want to stand out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, look no further. They, they look good too. <laughs> they actually yeah. look good. Cause they're on black, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Black trim and black wheels and all that. Yeah. He ended up putting black wheels on both of the them. It's badass. Yeah. So how did it feel going from, you know, backing up real quick from 
being in your garage and kind of going off of YouTube tutorials to going to those classes you mentioned earlier and actually sitting down with professionals and becoming one and learning how to actually do it the professional way. Yeah, I feel like it gave me a lot more confidence yeah. in what I was doing because yeah. like, I mean, YouTube is a, is a great tool, but there's only so much out there that people are going to give you for free. Yeah, that um, and you don't get to ask the questions. Yes, yeah. that that's a huge one is like, I don't know, going to the training, it's like I had already wrapped like seven or eight cars at the time. So like mm -hmm. I had a pretty good grasp on like what needed to happen, but it's like over the three day training class, I asked all my dumb little questions. I'm like, yo, <laughs> I have problems with like this specific area right here. And he's like, Oh, whenever you pull it, move your hand this way. And it was just like, it clicked like yeah. game changer. Yeah. Like, and then I went back and I'm like, Oh, I'm the I best mean, rapper ever. <laughs> that, that and you get all the <laughs> utensils and like, you know, yeah. the scrapers and the water methods and all of that. I'm sure it gets pretty fucking stupid once you start learning techniques. Yeah. No. And it, I mean, as far as like tools go, there's, there's really not a whole lot of stuff, mm -hmm. man. I mean, like what I use 99% of the time is like in a little pouch that's you yeah. know, hanging on my belt. Like yeah. it's, it's not a whole lot of stuff, but you, then yeah, you get companies like yellow tools where they make a tool for everything. Yeah. Like, things to help you wrap mirrors better and things to slice backing paper, but not slice the material. Yeah. Like there's a lot of really cool specialty stuff that you use. I was about to ask you that too, if they had anything that was kind of like a snap on truck, but just for wrapping equipment, like do yeah, you have those vendors tools. and people reach out to you? Uh, no, I mean, they're, I'm sure they reach out to some shops. I think we're just, you know, we're, small. <laughs> <laughs> we're, Whatever, we're just three dude. dudes in Oklahoma putting what? stickers on Whatever. cars, you know? <laughs> so, I, and, I mean, how do you reach out to most of these vendors? Because there's tons of vendors in the wrapping world. So who did you kind of start with and what do you prefer and what do you like working with? What have you worked with when it comes to wrapping material? Uh, as far as wrapping material, man, like I started with, you know, just whatever cheap shit I could get yeah. on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and it's just that that that's half the battle honestly yeah. is like cheaper material sucks it's hard yeah. to work with it doesn't last very long you have weird issues afterwards like post install yeah um so i ended up going with fellers which is who i think most dude i've met companies. him before oh no i shit. used to i did photos of his old uh huracan when they first came out hell he yeah he lives over here off of highway 72 or used to back in the day really has a whole fucking ranch off of highway 72 yeah and, i had no clue i thought he i and he's from tulsa or something yeah. like that i mean i'm sure he's got multiple houses that dude yeah, <laughs> yeah dude he's, he's got so much money bro he's like a six foot seven cowboy driving around in a lamborghini huracan with fucking boots on the first yeah. time i met him yeah, so off subject, kind of off subject, still about Frank Fellers, but uh -huh. like, I think I stole his license plate. <laughs> what do I, you? I mean? got a, I got a custom plate, and like, I wanted it to say wrapped, like uh -huh. spelled out completely. Yeah. But it was taken. Uh -huh. I'm like, dude, like, who in Oklahoma? Yeah. Has wrapped as their license plate? Like, it's not going to be a client. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think a client would go that far. And I'm like, I know pretty much everyone in the Oklahoma city area that does vinyl installs. And I'm like, I know Frank fellers. He's got a ton of cars. Like he's got all these like Rolls Royces and stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm almost positive. Like I've seen that on one of his cars I before. I think it was on his Lamborghini. So Frank fellers, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Um, you can buy it. How did you get it? Uh, dude, I just checked one day. I don't know if like, and like registration was out. So yeah, you were up to grab. Yeah. I don't know if his registration was out on one of his like, 20 lamborghinis or rolls royces or whatever he Bro, has but that's... hundred thousand dollars and it's your frank yours frank <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
dude, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> I think I think somewhere on my phone, it may be my Dropbox, but I still have a picture of the photos of I did of his Lambo way back in the day. And dude, I swear his Lamborghini did say wrapped on it. I hope it did. Oh, I don't have the front end photos, but yeah, dude, there he is. That's wild. That's Mr. Mr. Frank Fellers right there in his yeah. Huracan. Dude, he was a super good dude. And, like, I didn't even want to do uh, it for money, but that dude paid me. He refused to let me go without paying me. I think he paid me, like, 150 250 bucks for some blurry-ass Rebel T5 fucking photos. But, dude, he is a big old cowboy. Like, look at him, that yeah. height distance from that car to him standing up. Yeah. Like, dude, him getting in that thing, he had to take off his damn cowboy hat. Just to sit in the car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I ran into him like one time at a Cars and Coffee or something. I talked uh-huh. to him like very briefly. Did um, you know who he was at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was like when I was first getting into it. And I mean, he seemed like a nice guy. Like yeah. I've seen plenty of like videos with people in, like having him in there. And I mean, he seems like a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Seems like for, for the, the level of you know, his entrepreneurial journey that he's yeah. on, like a very humble guy. And then for getting even more off topic, how is that? You know, cause you have idols in the racing scene or you have idols in the stance scene or the drift scene. How is it? And who do you kind of look up to going into the rap and like some of the, you know, rap perfectionists and our entrepreneurs who have done it and pretty much have their gig going that you look up to and not that you copycat or follow, but you know, you kind of check in on for advice or style or, you know, vice versa. Yeah, um, I mean, within the rap community, it's kind of like cliche, but like Justin Pate. I mean, uh-huh. he just got the biggest platform. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, that's who I went to the Avery Dennison training specifically because I wanted to learn from him. Yeah, and yeah. he's super cool, man. Like we we went to SEMA. Me and my wife did um, last November. Dude, I want to go so bad. Dude, it was so. Are cool. you guys going next year or this year? No, dude. Uh, oh my she gosh. told me every other year, but. dude. If you guys go next year, can I go with you for real? Yeah, dude. I, mean, I want to go so bad. It, it's super easy, man. I heard it's open to the public now. Uh, they posted up the other day that it's open to the public. Or I think it's like one day. Is yeah, I might be wrong, but I'll I think it's like look. Friday or something like that. It's open yeah, I'd have to look, but dude, I want to go again. I've been, but it was like back in 2016, 2017, so it's been a minute. Yeah, I haven't no, seen all the new cool wild. shit. Um, it was really cool. But back onto the Feller's Trap, what other kind of rap material or things do you like using? Um, 3M makes a brand, don't they? 3M does rap material as well? Yeah, 3M's probably the number one that we use because uh-huh. it's like, I, I feel like from a client's perspective, they're looking at colors, they see 3M, and they're like, I've seen 3M my whole life. Like, this is probably good. Mm-hmm. 3M makes everything, man. Yeah, literally. Whether yeah. it's backing side double tape or trim tape or edging or protection. Yeah, sure. yeah dude, 100%. Yeah, so 3M is our number one. Um, we've recently transitioned to a lot of uh, a brand called KPMF, which KPMF is like, I think they're like the original. It's like K Premium Marketing Films or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um they just have all the wild colors, all the cool shit. How is the technology of these brands? I mean, it started out like super simple and now it just seems like there's anything and everything and it's fucking dumb. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like, I don't know. There's a lot that goes into making the stickers because it's like on the backside of the material, all of our stuff is dry apply. So it's got uh-huh. like micro air release channels and like some films will use like, they'll put like little ink dots on the back side of the backing paper to make it like more repositionable, uh-huh. like to where it doesn't tack as hard as initially, which makes our job a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, dude, there's a lot of science that goes into it. And it's like some of these colors, like if you really look at them like super close, it's like, 
KPMF has a color. It's like um, matte frozen emerald or something like that. And it's like matte black, but it's got like heavy green flake in it. Uh-huh. Uh, so when it's out in the sun, it looks green. But when it's in the shade, it looks black. Dude, like, that shit's wild to me, yeah. dude. Yeah, especially like you were talking earlier, like the color changing or just based on the perspective on where you're looking at the car. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. we we just did my wife's car in uh, 3M Psychedelic. Uh-huh. That one's wild. Dude. What is like, it? Uh, it's like a gray, but it's got a rainbow color shift effect to it. So when it's like overcast, it just looks like metallic gray. Uh-huh. But you get it out in the sun, it looks like... Like dude, I want you to wrap my bike so bad, dude. And I know you may hate me for it, <laughs> but dude, I've been wanting to do something cool like that for you. ever since I first hit you up about it. I've yeah. been, dude, I want to do something so bad. We'll do it, but only for you. I tell everyone dude, else with a bike. Dude, no, well, I've, that, I've screwed myself too many times on bikes. Bro, here's my problem. <laughs> I don't know if I just want to do a base Nardo gray, like the Hayabusa gray that I sent you. That or if I want to do some psychedelic matte black frozen, you know, the second option <laughs> yeah dude i don't know um but it's insane like the the amount of colors that come out and it seems like every brand uh that comes out with this wrap material dude they just come up with anything and everything dude yeah and yeah. It, it gets as stupid as you know being able to print your own color or your own material and then wanting yeah. to go based off of that yeah stuff like that's crazy um i mean like the the detail that you can get in prints like mm-hmm. we did one uh, a few weeks ago it was designed by glarb which is like a, a, a pretty famous rap designer. Yeah. Um, and it was like a Star Wars rap. And, dude, it's like the level of detail that they put in these things is crazy. Like, yeah. I don't I don't even want to know how many hours he had into the design. And, I mean, have you gotten to that point where you can tell, like, shitty rap to a to a actual high-quality rap? Like, when you go to car shows or car meets, like, are you, are you that guy now where you can tell, like, <laughs> okay, yeah, whoever. It may look good to the naked eye or to the regular person, but, like, you can actually pinpoint and tell, like, yeah. crevices or weak points or overstretching. Yeah, I mean, I, I try not to be that guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, you keep it to yourself. It's not like yeah. you're out there publicly blasting people. But with now your knowledge and your experience, do you see that versus <coughs> knocked over my Red Bull can versus uh, back when you first started and like back when you were getting into it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like, like you said, stuff like that. I keep it to myself. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't even tell the owner about yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Because you never know. Like, it could have been them that wrapped their car. And if they did, then hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That, that, I support the DIY, like, yeah. wholeheartedly. Like, that's where I started. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, generally you can tell, like, a cheap film from a more expensive film. Like, anything you see that's, like, white or nardo with, like, a crazy colored pearl in it, 10 out of 10 is from China. Really? Yeah. There's, like, one reputable manufacturer that makes a color like that that's uh-huh. gloss and uh-huh. it's Flexi Shield and... Uh, th- that I know of. I, I mean, do you try to do you try to stay away from the knockoff brands like that too? Like, do you get yeah. a lot of Chinese and Taiwan and shit like that wraps off of Amazon and eBay? Uh, no, I, I I won't mess with it. I dude. mean, like, no, th- not that you mess with it, but is that a thing? Like yeah, in the market, sure. like there's actually knockoff wraps, just like there is parts, yeah. like knockoff films. There's, I mean, there's plenty of Chinese stuff, and I mean, it's probably all made in the same factory. Yeah. There, there's a different manufacturing process for it, and like. It, it makes it to where the material is really hard to use. Uh, it doesn't last very long. Uh-huh. Um, it's got a lot of issues with, like, it'll shrink back. And, like, you have a lot of post-install issues. And that's just something I don't want to deal with. The yeah. material's cheaper, but, like, dude, I'm As gonna... a reputable shop, you want it to actually be worth it and stay yeah. where it needs to stay. Yeah. Yeah. If I can if I can avoid a nightmare install yeah. and, you know, a nightmare car for, for fixes and stuff like yeah. that. Because we warranty our work. Or, like, yeah. I mean, we have 
we have stuff happen all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess not all the time, but like it's not uncommon for like an edge to pop up or yeah, yeah. like an air pocket we missed or something like that. I mean, we're, we're like I said, we're three dudes in a shop putting stickers on cars. Like yeah. we mess up every once in a while. Yeah. But I um, mean, everybody does. That's yeah. just, especially in owning your own industry or your own business, something is bound to happen. Yeah, for sure. So like if, if I can avoid it, I, I do as much as I can. That's why yeah. like, I even considered doing one of the Chinese films on my personal car, like just to try it. Yeah. Cause I see it so much and do their colors are crazy. Dude, you can do it on my bike colors. anytime. Let me know. Yeah. I'll buy some cheap Chinese ass film for us to throw <laughs> on a fairing or two. Yeah. I mean, as long as you know, it might fail. <laughs> Come off while I'm going down the highway. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I get a huge ass air pocket in my fairing. <laughs> <laughs> might not be as aerodynamic after that. Yeah, no, it probably won't help at all. Um, but going into that dude, especially your knowledge and, you know, getting into it, um, becoming more of a professional in your field. Um, how did it go moving into the new, new shop, which seems like it has a lot more space that in picking up employees and actually having employees and new clientele. Um, I mean, how does it feel? How do you, how do you feel with your growth and your progress? Like, do you sit back and reminisce and think about it or is it just, just go, go, go. Um, it, it's a little bit of both, man. It's like, I mean, it, it's just like the natural progression of things. Yeah. Like we just get a little bit busier year over year, month over month. And yeah. it's like, okay, we're, so we're, I'm a little bit too busy to do everything. Like, let me bring someone else on, which mm-hmm. is when I brought in Landon at our first shop. And yeah. I mean, he's been with me for like, I think a little over two years now and he uh-huh. kills it. Dude, I think that's the one I met. That's the guy yeah. I thought we were talking about earlier. That's the one I met in the old shop. Yeah. 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 That's him. I thought you were, I thought you meant he was the one that started the brokerage. That's the guy I know. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. No, Landon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been with me for, uh, I think, a little over two years. And, I mean, he kills it. He's, like, super detail-oriented. Yeah. He, um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like all installers, like, they've got their stuff that they like to do and stuff they don't like to do. I like to bang out huge panels. Yeah. He likes to do the little stuff. I'm yeah. Like, Dude, this is perfect. <laughs> like, let me take the biggest panel on the car and yeah. wrap it as fast as I can yeah. while you sit and do handles. And it, it just, it works. Yeah. Um. But no, it, I mean, like I said, it's like the natural progression of like, I'm a little too busy, so I got to do something to fix that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're busy and we don't have enough room, so I do something to fix that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so now we have enough room, like we're getting busier. Um, and like we, we just kind of like last summer, we just pushed through it. We're like, we need to hire someone. We need to hire someone. Yeah. Um, then over the winter, I'm like, okay, well, like our winters are turning into what our summers were, yeah. which was our busy time. And yeah. like, okay, we need someone else now. So it's like, yeah. I bring on someone else and it's like, I find another flaw. Like I need someone to answer my Facebook messages and yeah. post on Instagram. Cause all my posts are like two weeks late. And yeah. Like I have trouble keeping up. So it's like. A lot of it is just like, I'm just go, 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 like fixing one problem after another. But yeah, dude, there's sometimes like I'll go up on, on a, to the shop on a Saturday and work on my own stuff. And like, mm-hmm. sometimes I just sit there and I'm like, holy shit, dude, dude it's all yours. This was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, but look where we are this was now. A, this was a COVID baby. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, dude. dude that it's, shit's wild. Yeah. So it is. You, you have two other guys working with you as of right now? Yeah. Yeah. I've got two. I've got... Like I said, Landon that's been with me for a little over two years, and we hired another guy named Tristan mm-hmm. uh, January. He, like, fresh out of – he was still in high school when I hired him. He did mm-hmm. online school. Mm-hmm. Do you know that was a thing now? They have a choice. Dude, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. because of COVID. Yeah, online yeah. online schooling. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that was for bad kids. When we were in <laughs> yes. Like, ooh, you went to online school? Yeah, what did you do? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, dude, it, they call it something different, though. It's like at-home learning. <laughs> yeah, it's got a nice name now. Uh, but yeah, dude, he did that, um, and he's been with me since January. And That's crazy, dude. I mean, he's he, just a youngin'. Yeah, yeah. He, he just turned 18 like a couple weeks ago. We actually helped him move out of his That's parents' nuts, house. dude. That's awesome, though. Good for him. Yeah, dude, he's yeah. doing super good. He's, I mean, I, I wasn't as like mature at his age. Yeah, bro, then. I don't think either of us were. We were a bunch of hoonigans, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, and he picked up to it super quick. Yeah. he's it, It's crazy, man. So, in talking about maturing, dude, you recently got married within yes. the last year, year and a half. Yeah. So, uh, how, how, last did, October. how did that go meeting her? How did you first meet her? Was it, like, through friends or on a dating app or Facebook? Or? The internet. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> the same place I meet everybody I meet these days. So Yeah, I uh, feel like it's it's so common now. Dude, it's man. just hard to get out, and that you start hating people, so you don't want to get out, and that's yeah. my ordeal, dude. I just don't want to go out and deal with the world. So Yeah, that's why I'd, I stay at home. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather I go sit home. on my couch <laughs> and talk to people online than deal with traffic or go out and deal with dude there's just so many yep. karens and pissed off people these days yeah when you have amazon i mean why would you dude, why exactly. would you ever leave <laughs> so how was it how did you guys meet uh man like it was over facebook mm -hmm. like i think i had commented on something of hers or something like that and then we just kind of like started talking uh -huh. and then uh met up we went, you know. What was the first date? Uh, it was to the movies. We saw ooh, it. Ooh. <laughs> went to Fuzzy's downtown. That, that's and then when saw you knew it. it was the one, dude. When you have a dark date for yeah. the first. I dude, was like, yo, it... you watch horror movies with me, <laughs> <laughs> dude. It cracks me up because you guys are both like the same person, but in the opposite sex of bodies. Yeah. Like she likes the uh, darky like boo stuff. You like the more darkier stuff. Yeah. She's got mad fucking tattoos. Yeah. You've got tattoos. She's like into the creative and. Has has the creative side you're fully creative have the creative side yeah. so like i remember when y'all first met dude and uh like we talked earlier she was doing her thing with hair and like trying to find out where she wanted to go with the hair stuff and couldn't find a shop that one would treat her right or respect her and yeah dealing with working under uh other people and now um you guys have started a barbershop together yeah for sure uh yeah we opened our barbershop uppercut um I think it was September uh -huh. of of last year. Yeah. Uh, man, it was crazy. Like, we, I don't know. Like, I, I was just like, I, I, wa I want to do something else, but, like, something I don't have to run. Yeah. And then, like, like you were saying, like, she, she had issues. It's like, you know, you go and work for someone else mm -hmm. at some big chain place. And pay and booth like, rent. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, they kind of treat you like shit. They don't care. Yeah. And then you're like, the manager is just getting barked at from the owners who never actually come in the store. Yeah which trickles down and it creates it like a really hostile work environment, yeah. you know? Well, especially when you're there eight to nine to 10 hours for, yeah, for six sure. to seven, sometimes days like that shit's yeah. gotta suck. Yeah. So, I mean, she was having trouble finding a place where like one, she could like consistently make the money. And then two that like, she consistently like liked the people and there be who she wants to be. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Cause it's like, you know, again, you work, go to a chain place and it's like, uh, the place that she was at before the barbershop, um, they had like religious t-shirts. Like, yeah. it was like the, the, the logo on the front and it had like some religious shit on the back. And it's like, neither of us are religious. Yeah. Um, and if you are like, it's cool. Yeah. But like, don't force it on your employees. That or um, treat them differently because they have tattoos. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, it, it was kind of like good timing. Like she was like fed up, like had gotten out of hair yeah. and then gotten back into what it. What was she doing in between? 
Uh, she worked at a like a mental health facility. Uh-huh. I um, think you had told me that we had talked about that uh, not recently, but back when we had caught up, probably like half a year ago. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of that was because of COVID. You yeah. know, like they yeah. they kind of shut down. I mean, mm-hmm. you're so close with people. Um, but yeah, she just was kind of tired of where she was. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the day that she quit, dude, like three or four of them walked out together. No shit. It was yeah, it was that bad. And yeah. I was like, you know what, this this is it. Like I. I want to do something else. Yeah. You want to do something else. Like, let's just make this shit happen. She, like, we looked at location after location. Uh, she picked the one that, that they're in now. And I mean, she killed it on, on the, the decision of where it is. The name is awesome. The branding is awesome. I see, (laughs) I see, uh, you post her stuff on your Instagram or Facebook every now and then obviously I chime in just to stay caught up and dude, it looks like you guys have an awesome, awesome time that I noticed she's getting into photography now, which she actually seems pretty talented with. Yeah, dude, she is. She's been doing photography for, for a few years now, like Uh on the side, it's a little side hustle. Like she likes doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, oh shit, I don't know what kind of camera I bought her for Christmas, but I bought her something fancy. I don't know, dude. She sent me the link and I just bought it. Uh, That's typically how it goes. Yeah. No, she kills it though. Yeah. She's too hard on herself. Like she'll show yeah. me stuff and she's like, oh, I just don't like this and this. I'm like, no, this is like, dude, she's, you I, could put this I saw shit. her work. It looks really good. Yeah, yeah. You could put it like in a, like at the Walmart picture frame thing, like that perfect photo that yeah. like you're going to replace with some of your like bullshit your family pictures. Bullshit like, Penny's fucking. Yeah. Yeah. She could be the Walmart picture. She doesn't <laughs> it like that dude we need to do that just go steal a bunch of frames <laughs> replace the picture yeah. in them with her pictures and then return the frames and have them put them back on the shelves yeah no one no one would think any different just make it black and white and they're just gonna be like oh wow. so uh, i mean nice how was how was that from going to one business to now having two businesses and then also you know you're partnering with your loved one your significant other yeah no i mean it's super cool dude because yeah. like she she was able to i was telling you earlier she's able to like curate her own work environment like what she wants yeah um and she's also been on the shit into the stick of stuff like that whereas like she can make sure that she keeps all of her people happy yeah as well because like she's been Been through it yeah in that position where like you've got a shitty manager yeah that you know won't let you take a day off like she tells all of her people like you know, if you need a day off, if you need mental health day, anything yeah. like you that feel sad in the morning, dude. Yeah. call me and tell me you're not coming in. Yeah. Like, please. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I think she's able to like do really well in the position that she's in because of, you know, all the shitty experiences at other shops that she's had. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, we threw the shop together in a month. It was crazy. She was up there every day. Her, yeah. her dad, uh, we had so getting much Getting it all help. set up and getting it built in. Yeah, and then I would come up there for a couple hours after I was done working, and uh, we just kind of made it happen. Dude, give us a really short... so, so awesome for you guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I love to see you guys building, especially you after time. Um, you know, kind of uh, going single again from moving to Colorado and Oklahoma, because I knew you from your previous... And then, you know, finding the love of your life and being able yeah. not only to, you know, form a relationship and a commitment to each other, but now you're not only lovers, but also business partners. Like yeah. you guys are now building a foundation and it's, doing it's what, cool. dude, what a lot of people don't do these days. Cause I feel like so many people that date, um, you either fit their daily agenda or you don't. So for you guys to mold together and be able to, you know, to work through it and become one and then start a business together, yeah, for you sure. do what you enjoy and she runs and does what she enjoys. Like, dude, I'm really excited to see your guys' progress and where you are yeah, in like five you. to 10 years. So what may be one location now, maybe three to five later, maybe even more, yeah. you know, so hopefully, 
Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the barber shop is growing fast. She's yeah. got, uh, four other people in there now and we've uh-huh. got like one open chair. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, she's just kind of like, she doesn't want to bring anyone else in and like them not be able to make money because we don't that's have to, to do you guys kind of do you let her do with the application process as a kind of people that she knows you kind of let her just handle that ball field yeah um so i mean everyone that's in there now is not people that she knew previously really yeah. um yeah i mean working with your friends kind of sucks sometimes yeah it's tough um but no i mean everything everyone she's got in there now kills it but yeah. she she handles everything yeah. i haven't done anything at all since opening it um, she needs help with something. I help, you yeah, know, I put, as up, asked. put up a new flag out front the other day and that's, <laughs> that's about it. You're Fixing like, it's stuff not, here and it's there. not much, but it's honest work. <laughs> <laughs> I can fix that. <laughs> Dude. So back to after your, your first day and I, I mean, obviously it went well. So when did you kind of pick it up and you guys actually start dating and you, you thought that this could be something? Uh, dude, it was kind of like immediately. Really? Yeah. You kind of hooked on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was within like, I mean, she had an apartment at the time whenever we first met, but her lease was about to end and it was yeah. like coming up pretty quick. And yeah. like she already stayed at my house most of the time. So she just kind of like her lease ended. She moved in with me and yeah. then. We just kind of have lived together ever since. Do you think that was a battle at first? Was it kind of, or not like a battle, that sounds bad, but is it different freshly dating somebody and then all of a sudden going in and seeing their privacy and seeing behind doors and like you guys being fully functioned together 24-7? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Anytime you bring two people together, like you live differently. Yeah. You know, like shit that, that I do you know, might not match shit that she does. So yeah. like, yeah, it, it is a little bit of a learning process, but yeah. we like, we already operate the same yeah. on, on so many levels that it's like, it, it's just kind of fine. It just, you know, inter- it just interwinds. Yeah. yeah. And it actually works together as one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't, I don't know. Our, our daily routines are like uh-huh. interests are, are, are fairly aligned. Yeah. So it's like, we just kind of, work dude i love seeing you guys out in public because like you're showing off your tats she's showing off her tats like you guys both have the vans and the shorts and like whatever band t-shirt or car scene t-shirt you have on dude i love it love 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 it we need to get together sometime i was telling justin um he just got married as well or me him and his wife need to get together and we all need to get out because i haven't ever like really met her had a serious conversation with her yeah so we need to do the same dude i i need to finally find the one or a girlfriend or maybe like a, a rent a date and we need to go <laughs> out and actually sit down and talk and all have yeah. a good time maybe when we do like a group something before too long so yeah um but dude that's awesome and i'm super stoked that you guys were able to get married and find the one how yeah, was it too. how was it becoming a husband and actually stating that you are a husband and married now it's like our, our day-to-day life just, you know, it just hasn't changed. Was, was it an emotional day? Yeah, dude, yeah. for sure. Like I was like, man, like, I don't know why everyone cries on their wedding day and <laughs> shit. And it's like, I'm fine. Like we're picking out my suit and all that shit. And it's like, she buys her dress and like, I didn't see it, you know, obviously. And like, she told me about it and like leading up to it, like everything's fine. And I'm like, I'm nonchalant about it. And yeah. she's like, oh my gosh, everything has to be like perfect. Yeah. And like, I don't know, dude, we get there and it's like, it was a really intimate wedding. It was just like, uh, obviously me and her and her son and, uh, her parents and my parents and that's it. Yeah. And then like the, the officiant and whatever. And then we had a photographer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the photographer was just kind of like, all right, you know, like we're going to, you know, like you stand and face this way. I'm going to have her come in. Don't turn around until 
we say something um and dude i turned around and like i started crying yeah dude yeah. i bet it's tough yeah, yeah. it's got to be emotional last day because that's who you love and that's who you're going to plan on being with for the rest of your life yeah dude it was wild yeah um and then yeah it was it was like like i said our, our day-to-day life hasn't changed yeah. but it's like yeah i say my wife now yeah you like, have that title yeah yeah yeah, it, it's cool. And I noticed you said that she had a son. How was it, you know, stepping into that? And also, you know, not only her, but you have an extension of her now in your life as well. So not yeah. not a, a, well, I guess it could be a responsibility. But, you know, you have somebody else under your wing and someone else you're going to be there for and be able to take care of. How was it stepping into that role of being like a step-parent and trying to be a role model? And uh, it, Dude, it was super easy. Uh-huh. Um, his dad is still really involved in his yeah, life. You yeah. know, like they, they co-parent. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. It's not anything where like, she's got full custody mm-hmm. and like, you know, all that shit with, you know, that you, all the nastiness yeah. that normal people go through. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's easy. I mean, and that, and like whenever I came into his life, like he was already older, you know, like, it's not like he's a, he's a baby or anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. He likes playing video games mm-hmm. and <laughs> your regular you know, kid teen. Yeah, yeah. We like some of the same music. Yeah. Like it, it just kind of like, so a, you guys have pretty, pretty good, healthy relationship. Yeah, for in. sure. That's awesome. Um, dude. I mean, he's getting to that age where he doesn't, he don't want to come out of his room or anything. Yeah, but when he yeah. does, yeah. you know, <laughs> we're like, Oh shit. Do you see this video on the internet? Yeah. Like, uh, that type of thing. Oh, that's I mean, awesome, dude. Does it weird or is it like weird getting into it where it's not your kid, but you do have a kid? Like you do have somebody younger? Yeah, it, I don't know. Because I, I, like, I haven't been in those shoes yet. So I, I don't know how that feels. Like, yeah, especially, you sure. know, being a, a step parent or a co parent that or, you know, even being an actual parent and having a little one that you're taking care of and checking in on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it wasn't a super difficult role to, uh-huh. to step into because it's like, I don't know if it's shitty to say, but like to me, he feels like, you know, like a, a cool ass little brother. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, cause like I said, his dad's really involved in his life. It's yeah. not like I'm like hundred percent dad mode all the time. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm there as like the cool friend. Yeah. Um, but for, it's like, for any guidance or any kind of yeah advice. for sure but it's like you know sarah will tell me things sometimes and she's like oh yeah you know like miles really looks up to you and i'm like oh fuck like yeah. i gotta like i have that responsibility yeah. to like set a good example and stuff like that so yeah. um it's cool it's like kind of stressful sometimes i gotta make sure like like i said You're i'm setting a good example setting a good yeah. example yeah well, dude, that's awesome. And then for you to be able to step up and take that position and take that role, and like I said, not not only manage one but two businesses, yeah. you know, being a husband and also being a step parent as well, um, dude, I feel like it's definitely a jump in life, and it's part of what we were talking about earlier, yeah, maturing sure. and putting on those shoes, and you know, taking those roles and making sure your your, your priorities are straight yeah. and taking care of you and your own. So. Dude, I'm super happy for you. And I know it's been a minute, but you've been doing awesome. I've always, whether I've checked in or not, I've always kept an eye on you. And it's been awesome to see your progress and your growth within the last year. Absolutely. You too, man. I'm excited for this podcast. Dude, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. New projects are always fun. Yeah. And you know me, I'm always doing the motorcycle street life thing. So uh, streetcar takeover is coming up. I'll be out for that. I don't know if you'll be out there or not, but I plan on going to like the Twin Peaks night and then. Probably the track the next day, so I'm excited for that event. That's the first time I'll be putting race fuel in my bike since I got it back, so it'll, it'll be exciting to see how yeah. it does. But, <laughs> um, dude, real quick, kind of a closure. Um, back to you know your wrapping and your business. Um, what are some things that you've been able to work on that have been your favorite? Um, 
I know the Lamborghini, obviously. The pink, yeah. purple Lamborghini. No, I mean, we get a, we get a bunch of cool projects. Uh-huh. Um, anything, really, that I can do that's like a massive transformation. Yeah. Um, full body stuff. Yeah, full yeah. body stuff. Um, I mean, we've started to, to work with, like, higher-end clientele. Like, we've had a couple Thunder players come to us, and it's like... No shit. Yeah, dude, like, stuff like that is, is like... I don't know. It's almost humbling. Like I'm not a yeah. big sports guy, but like yeah. this dude's on a big platform. Yeah. Like yeah. he makes crazy money and is mm-hmm. like coming to us to do work on his car. And it's, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, some of our other clients are like, you know, got Lamborghinis that they're bringing to us yeah. and like all this super expensive stuff. And it's, I don't know, stuff like that I, I think is my favorite. Not because it's like, because of the dollar amount, but mm-hmm. it's like this person that's made it so far in life like trusts us enough to work on his car. Like we've got to be doing something right. Yeah, and it's like yeah. that gratification. Yeah. That, that and I, I think mean, I really enjoy earlier from us talking about you doing it in your garage, dude, to now yeah. having <laughs> like the thunder player hit you up or give you a shout to work on their car. Yeah. Um, dude is awesome. And that's yeah. gotta be, like you said, humbling, but also like you're kind of freaking out at the same time. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of freak out about certain stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I just got to treat it like everything else. I mean, we treat every car like it's, you know, a $100,000 rig. Yeah, like yeah. Even if it's a $5,000 car. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, we've got our processes in place to make sure that, like, whatever we're doing does go right. But it's mm-hmm. like, man, if I, if I fuck up this guy's car, like, that's <laughs> really bad. <laughs> but, Dude, that's awesome. Um, So, probably, like, your top five projects uh top five top we five. did um so the pink lamborghini yeah uh that amg gts i was telling you about the full carbon body kit what that, color that, did you do that satin dark gray that's it's, badass it's boring but it's dude it's yeah. so good i bet it, it looks, looks meant it looks great on everything that one was a nightmare but like once it was done yeah it, it dude it's good yeah um we've done uh the the highlighter Cadillacs. That was a that was a really good Dude, one. Dude, that's fun. It's different. Uh, we did uh, actually another local business owner. He's got a drive shaft shop called I think it's Precision Drive. David. Yes, David, David Hobbs. I went and saw him Thursday yeah, or we, Friday. I stopped by and talked to him Friday. We did his twin turbo R8. Yeah, thing the the blue. Wild. Dude, yeah. that thing's dope. That thing's awesome. I want to have him on and talk to him at some point. Yeah, he's yeah. super nice guy. Super man. super nice super guy. Super nice yeah. guy. His car is wild too. It's yeah. like you started up and like it. And it sounds like, you know, an R8. Yeah. Uh, it drives perfectly normal. But yeah. it's like, you know, crazy expensive Boost Logic twin turbo kit. Yeah. Like, yeah. you got the turbos, you can, like, see them in the grills on the back bumper. <laughs> yeah, rear-facing turbo setup. Dude, yeah. it's nasty. I've heard. I haven't seen it yet in person. But, yeah. No, that one that one turned out so good. One more. It's, it's so clean. Um, or is that two more? Was that three or four? Oh, man. I think I got to do two more. Uh... I don't know, man. What else? I mean, what we, else? We, we, Give we me just, one more. We do so many of them, um, uh-huh. and so many of them. On it, like I hate to say it, but so many of them are just the same. Yeah, we back to so back to back. Yeah, satin black, satin gray. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's uh, why I want to do my bike that Nardo, but I'm like, fuck, dude. Everybody. We did one last week, dude. Yes, everybody does the Nardo. Yeah, it looks good, dude. Yeah. All those colors look good, and that's yeah. why people pick them. Like yeah. it's safe. And it looks good. I see him in public. I'm like, yo, that that looks good. Yeah. Um, we just get kind of burnt out on him because of how many we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. but now and uh, dude, honestly, probably that Fiat. Like the install probably wasn't the best because <laughs> it was like really early on. Dude, that's one to remember though. Yeah, that that's was rad. It was like, yeah, my first like 
big, you know, like yeah. it wasn't even a big job. Like I, I think I did it for like 1200 bucks, something yeah. just stupid cheap. But yeah. like, that was my like, holy Here we shit. Go. Like, yeah. Next level platform. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm, I'm super happy to have you on. And like I said, it's a, uh, it's super, super awesome to have you here. And I appreciate you taking the time to come down here. Um, for those that want to follow you or hit you up, where, th- where can they keep track of you at? Where, where, what's that? Uh, so my personal stuff, uh-huh. I don't use it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my business is like, it's, it's a chore. So my personal stuff has just got put on the back yeah. burner, but, uh, all my business pages are just at simple auto styling, yeah. uh, Instagram. And then, uh, Facebook is, what is it like forward slash simple auto styling, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 You've got your business page and also Instagram, which I follow all your projects on Instagram. I just love that platform a lot more, but yeah. for anybody that wants to go and follow him or check out with future projects, things that he's working on, um, the new apparel line that he just came out with with his new logo is now up are you selling yeah. those down at the shop uh, the yeah. stickers and air fresheners and stuff yeah the, yeah the air fresheners and all that are, are just kind of like freebies the t-shirts yeah. i'd sell them for like 20 bucks just yeah. to cover my cost and yeah. buy more yeah well um, I- anybody who wants one i like i said he hooked me up dude i absolutely love the logo this shit's badass yeah, so the I logo's will, rad Reagan killed it yeah i love it um so go and give him a follow on instagram go show him some love say what's up uh, with that being said, dude, Jacob, again, thank you for coming down and sitting down for me. Yeah, it's for sure. Thanks been for having me. About an hour and a half now, so appreciate it you, seem like dude. It. Yeah, <laughs> just chatting back and forth, it flies. Yeah. but dude, I appreciate you having uh, you know, the time to come down here and sit down and speak with me. Go uh, follow, support his business, especially because he's local, uh, built from the ground up. Uh, simple auto styling, both on Instagram and Facebook. If you guys need anything done with wraps, questions, uh, work. Uh, advice. He's super friendly. You can reach out to him. And like I said, he's busy, but he will get back to you as soon as he can. So go shoot him a message, go show him some love, make sure you follow him. And uh, that will be the wrap of episode three. So thank thank you you again. Thank you again, Jacob, for coming down. And uh, we will catch you guys on the next one.